Hold on just a minute, folks. Ah, there. That's better. Just had to pop up to the surface for a big breath of air through my blowholes before heading back down to the bottom of the ocean to record today's show. We whales need to breathe air, of course, before we can dive down and spend time underwater. But now, I'm all set to spend the next hour at the famous underwater studio recording the show. So here we go, folks. Today's episode of Tales with a Whale. That's right. It's me again, Betty the Blue Whale, the only marine mammal slash marine biologist slash podcast host. If you happen to be a fan of thrilling adventure stories, you might know me from my appearances on Whale of a Tale, that exciting podcast starring Xavier and Atlas, those two twins who embark on all kinds of unbelievable underwater undertakings. But I've also got my own show now where we learn all about the world's incredible oceans and all the wondrous things that live in it. And that music is coming to you courtesy of our in-house musicians, the All Clam Jam Band. Thanks, clams! I know that one of you guys had a birthday the other day. I sure hope you had a grand celebration. Hey, hosting a podcast isn't as easy as it sounds. Thank you. That's better. Now, it's time to start the show again with our recurring segment, Blue Whales, Fact or Fluke, where we talk about all those amazing blue whales just like me. Did you know that whales can go months at a time without eating? Oh, that doesn't sound like much fun, does it? We talked a little while ago about what us blue whales eat and how much we eat. It's mostly tiny sea creatures called krill, and we eat a lot of it, sometimes up to 9,000 pounds a day. So how can we go months at a time without eating? Well, blue whales usually fast. That means no eating during our long migrations between feeding season and mating season. On these long trips, we may not eat for months at a time, but it's actually okay. We store up energy in our thick fat, which we call blubber, and it's more than enough to live off of for long stretches of time. We don't even get hungry. I bet you guys wouldn't want to have to do that. Oh, that must be my lunch order. 10 pizzas with extra krill. What? I'm not fasting right now. <laughs> oh, look who's here. It's my sidekick and best friend, Bubbles the Seahorse. Well, hi, other folks. Did I miss the big show? Nope. You got here just in time. <laughs> that music means it's time to meet this week's special guest. And we have another incredible creature here today. Everyone, give a warm underwater welcome to the small tooth sawfish. Look at that snail. Out of my way, I don't want to get cut. Stand clear, folks, because Bubbles isn't kidding around. The small tooth sawfish is notable for its very long snout, which has rows of teeth coming off either side. It really does look a lot like a saw attached to the end of a very wide and flat fish. Do you know what, Betty? The sawfish looks a little bit like a shark, but also like a manta ray with its flat body. <laughs> Great job, Bubbles! The small-toothed sawfish is related to both of those sea creatures, but it's more closely related to rays. Both have flat bodies and have their mouths on the bottoms of their bodies. You mean that large honker isn't part of its mouth? 
<laughs> nope. The large nose is actually called a rostrum, and it uses it to attack and stun its prey with those sharp teeth, which actually aren't teeth at all, but a kind of scale. Ooh. Pretty neat, huh? I'll say. But I'm still staying clear. Wow, that's a big fish. It's true. The small-toothed sawfish can grow up to 18 feet long, or even more. But do you want to know the coolest thing about these amazing animals? Their rostrum can actually help them detect electronic fields given off by other fish, which helps them hunt. Shocking, I know. Okay, maybe not my best joke, and not scientifically accurate either. Sorry, folks. Unfortunately, despite all its cool abilities, the small-toothed sawfish is endangered. They used to be found along the East Coast and in the Gulf of Mexico, but now they mostly exist off the coasts of Florida. It's hard to keep track of their numbers, but the population has gone way down over the years, largely due to human development in their habitat and accidentally being caught by fisheries. Laws have been passed to protect them, and fisheries are now educated so they release the sawfish if they're accidentally caught. So here's hoping that their numbers will be able to bounce back. Hope so. We don't want to lose any of these neat creatures that live in our oceans, even if I do want to stay far away from those sharp saws. Well, friends, that's the All Clam Jam Band telling me that we're just out of time. Thanks to everyone for tuning in, and thanks to our special guest, the Small Tooth Sawfish. And if you want to listen to some more terrific shows, check out all the other podcasts from Go Kid Go, wherever you get your podcasts. There's always something new and amazing from the great folks at Go Kid Go. Oh, stop, stop. All this love and attention, it's overwhelming. <laughs> That's more like it. See you next time. Go Kid Go.